Hello and welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. I'm Paddy Common. And I'm Anna Cullen. Today we're going to be discussing your vehicle's tyres and keeping safe on the road. We know few of us pay proper attention to our tyres, but it is vital they're in good condition to protect you and your passengers. Thinking of renewing or shopping around for car insurance to get the best deal? Did you know AA Car Insurance is tailored to cover for you? AA members get fully comprehensive car insurance. With your policy, you can drive your own car as well as other cars with the best level of cover. Terms and conditions apply. To find out more, go to the AA.ie. AA Ireland Limited, trading as AA Insurance, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. To find out more about tyre safety, I spoke with Colm Cunningham, who is Marketing and Public Relations Manager for Bridgestone Tyres in Ireland. So let's have a listen. So we're joined this week by Colm Cunningham, who's Marketing and Public Relations Manager for Bridgestone Tyres, and of course is a good Drogheda man. How are you, Colm? Not too bad, Paddy, yeah. Just uh, came up through the traffic there this morning. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. But uh, before we start, uh, you know, I'd love to know a little bit about yourself and your history in... In this industry, I, I, you know, I've known you personally for a long time, but you've been you've been around the car industry for 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 a number of years, right? Yeah, I started my career with some of the late Ken Ryan that some people will remember. But Ken did the PR for brands like Dunlop, the Mondello racetrack, okay, and so on. So that was my first job in sort of automotive PR, and then I moved to another PR company, Grayling PR. And they had SIMI account at the time. Okay. They also had Mazda division, which had just been created with an MDA, uh, Motor Distributors. So Mazda was creating a dealer network and had n- really exciting new products. Like, I don't know if you remember, the 323 with the pop-up lights. Was, yes. Yeah. The hairdresser's um, Porsche. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. So I was lucky general in that way. I, I got involved in doing the PR for Mazda in the early days. And it was a pleasure that Mazda MX-5 uh, oh, came shortly car. after that. Yeah. Rotary-engined RX-7. Yeah. So we had some really exciting cars uh, from a PR perspective and then some really solid products. 626, when they brought that in, was regarded as a, a as very my good first car. car. Yeah. I, I, first car that I, inher- well, I actually inherited it. Yeah. It came down through the ranks in the, in the family. But I, yeah, a 1991 Mazda 626 was my first car. Um, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that time insofar as, uh, you know, what was the what was the world of automotive PR like? Yeah, it was certainly different, but it was still Ireland is a small place and it was about personal contacts. You know, we probably had a little more freedom to, you know, party and so on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But no, there was there was a really good press corps at the time. People that had a great understanding of uh, the cars and and were passionate about them. Your own dad included. Yes, yes. um, Pat. uh, Yeah, Pat. Yeah. And uh, no, it, it, it was an exciting time in the sense that I think there was, it's hard to say there was more new technology than there is now, but there were some moves forward, like the diesel engine, for example, was becoming much more prevalent. Right. So that was something exciting. Mazda at the time had a cross between a turbocharger and a supercharger uh, on a diesel engine called a complex diesel. Complex diesel. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so there, there was a lot of exciting things happening. Also, Mazda had, would you believe, one of the first companies at that time looking into hydrogen wow. cars uh, way back then you know and we're not there yet uh, yeah <laughs> so no it was it was an exciting time I think in, in the automobile industry and a product launch typically was a big lavish affair there were big budgets yeah it, it, it do, was uh, typically I, the 80s into the early night the good times were rolling you know I do remember my dad going to Florida for yeah. a number of days for the launch of a Fiat Uno which was a car that 
uh, Fiat didn't, well, Fiat actually didn't sell cars in America at the time, but they managed to launch the car in Florida for several days. But that was the that was the nature of the beast at the time. But look, in Ireland, you're known very much uh, for your work with Bridgestone Tires. You know, you are, you I know you wouldn't call it yourself, but you are Mr. Bridgestone to a lot of people in Ireland. How long have you been with the company? I started with Bridgestone in 1995, but I was associated with them since 1990. So they were a client of mine, along with Mazda, from the 90s, early 90s. And But I eventually joined the company in 95, and I'm still with them today. But before that, I had a couple of involvements with tyre companies and sort of got that got an interest. So I, I was still quite young in my early 20s when I met a gentleman called Des Collins, who was setting up Bridgestone in Ireland. He was kind of impressed that I, I knew about tyres. There wasn't so many young people who'd got an interest in tyres. But from motorsport, interest in motorsport, interest in cars, yeah, tyre, I always saw tyres as being really a vital part of them, you know. Well, look, that's that's the reason we have invited you on today, because this discussion is all about tyres. And, and, you know, we know that people don't necessarily pay as much attention to tyres as they should. I certainly do, and probably because of your influence. But look, let's start at the very, very basics. Let's not assume any knowledge from anyone. What should people consider at the very outset when it comes to tyres? Yeah, I mean, the recommendation I make is that you spend as much as you can afford on tyres. Realise that there are different sort of budgets, but it's so important that it shouldn't be the area that you skimp on, that you try and make a saving on, because, you know, they are doing an incredible job. The round and black cliche is what we hear in our industry, but that couldn't be further from the truth at the moment, because as a piece of engineering, they're doing all kinds of different jobs simultaneously, transferring the power to the road, keeping you in a straight line, dynamically moving when you go left to right in, in an emergency situation, trying to dissipate energy. All of this while still trying to be quieter on the road now than they used to be uh, by offering lower rolling resistance now uh, and so on. So there's, there's a complexity of engineering there and also the consumer wants them to last forever if, if they could. So all of those complex things are, are built into the tyres and uh, good engineering at Bridgestone we're constantly researching and developing our products that does cost money so uh, you know you, you will get a good product if you pay the money I, I fully understand that But, but if, expand if, on that Colin for people who might think well sure look a tyre is a tyre you, you know how, how could you simply explain the differences between a good tyre you know premium tyre and one that's not so premium yeah, well, you know, if, if you take the development in cars over the last, say, t- say 10 or 15 years, you know, so you can see it's much easier to see the difference there. Yeah. So, for example, they're heavier. The demands on those vehicles, or the power in those vehicles has increased. So Bridgestone and other major tyre companies will work with the, the vehicle manufacturers to modify product to suit the, the, the new dynamics of the vehicle. Okay. I, I'm not one to put down other products. That's not what I'm, I'm here to do. Yeah, but, but we would be, first and foremost, we would be at the forefront of, of working closely with the vehicle manufacturers. Any vehicle has a geometry. It's highly sort of researched to get that geometry correct. The tyres are part of that geometry. And if you're buying a tyre that 
uh, from a company who's worked with the vehicle manufacturers, you've a, a much better chance of, of that being dynamically correct when you need it to, particularly in an emergency situation, you know. So when you so, say, you say, sorry, Colm, that, that the tyres are, you know, developed with the manufacturer, could you tell us what stage that happens? Is it at the very end or is it along the journey, do you know? It's, it's along the journey. It's along the development journey. It's probably somewhere in the middle, okay. you know. In every continent we have a test track and a research and development centre. So south of Rome, we have a research facility that all of the major European vehicle manufacturers are, are visiting from time to time. We have, some people might remember, Stefano Modena is our chief test driver, a former Formula One driver. I have driven with that man. Yeah, yeah and uh, I mean, his job is not all excitement. A lot of days it's simply continuously doing laps, accumulating data. Nowadays we use supercomputers to simulate endless prototypes. Some smaller tyre companies, budget tyre companies, are unlikely to have all of those facilities. I'm, I'm not saying that there, uh, there's specifically anything wrong with their products, but the product you get from us and from companies uh, that are equivalent to us will be highly developed along with the vehicle manufacturers. That's becoming more important, as uh, even more important as, as the, the, the current range of vehicles are being developed, you know. Tell us a little bit about the sort of legalities. The, you know, what's the legal tyre tread depth and, and is, that a, a, is that a good yardstick? Yeah, I, I think the, the 1.6 millimetres is the uh, absolute, the minimum legal that you must have. And that should be across the majority of the tread of your tyre. So that, that's an internationally agreed figure, but it is the absolute minimum it shouldn't um, be a target. No, it shouldn't be a target. <laughs> we we would say to people, but nonetheless, consumers need to get value from their tyres as well. So we don't want to be recommending that they change them too early. Uh, too early. So we're, we're confident in our product, and I know some of the other manufacturers uh, would, would agree, that what, what I would say to people anyway, personally, is to replace them before they get to 1.6 millimetres. So we're looking at maybe two two millimetres, to me, would be the best recommendation in that territory. Okay. Yeah. And I know uh, it's very hard to, to, to sort of guess how long that takes because there's so many other factors involved. But is there a rough, very rough guess as to how long in terms of kilometres that takes? Driving styles. Yeah, of course. Keeping your pressures yeah. correct. All of that has an, uh, an impact. But I think an average run out of, of your average tyre is 35 to 40,000 kilometres. Right, you know. Okay. Now, Regularly, I get 50,000 kilometres, no matter what car I have or what Bridgestone application I have. But that's from maintenance, driving style and so on. You know, I, I, I would like to think I know what I'm doing, but most motorists can achieve higher mileages if they look after their tyres on a regular basis. So that would be checking the pressures fortnightly, I, I would suggest. And don't ignore your tyre pressure monitoring system on the dashboard always see to your tyres that would certainly help the tyre life spinning the wheels from the lights I don't think anyone needs to be told no, that course. that performance driving and some tyres obviously are manufactured for performance cars the grip in terms of high performance motoring is, is slightly different to the compounds might be softer and that might reduce in some cases so it, should, it, you, should you move your tyres around and I know it might be one of those sort of in the mid section, but if you drive, uh, you know, a BMW that's rear wheel drive, or you drive a yeah. Volkswagen that's front wheel drive, are, yeah. are those are the front and rear tires going to wear quicker than the than? Yeah, the uh, drive? typically the driven wheels yeah. will wear quicker. So there is a process of rotation, mm. which most motor dealers and tire independent tire dealers will all be well aware of. So that is good practice. 
but it, it's not the number one thing that's going to make your tyres last longer but it, it is part of good good maintenance so if if you're visiting for service or getting new tyres or even but even just bringing your car in for a check you could ask for the tyres to be rotated and what would you, this happen habitually uh, uh, by a, a main dealer and I, I suppose the reason I ask the question is you know, the likes of Bridgestone will be experts in that subject, okay? So if you go to a Bridgestone outlet, they will know exactly that. How is the level of understanding within the average car dealer about tyre tech, do you think? I think it's it's like anything in the world. There are there, there are variances, you know. Mm. We obviously in the tire industry would always like to see more uh, attention paid yeah, to the tires. And I think one connection now, which I think will make that more important, is 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 sustainability mm-hmm. and the idea of sustainability. So running out your tires twenty percent early is not something we want in the current day. So. Everything we can do to make our tyres last longer is not just for our own pocket, which you think would be the primary motivation for most people, but also from a sustainability. So from the industry, yeah, we would encourage all interventions, including rotation where appropriate. It doesn't always work where there can be different replacement requirements. So say, for example, a single a single tyre puncture and so on. But generally speaking, there is an, oppor- uh, an opportunity to... Uh, to rotate rotate, rotate the tyres. And I was asking you off air about my own car where I have two Bridgestone tyres on one side and then when I got them, I had, had some punctures recently and I got them replaced with another mm. brand. There's two now of one brand on one side and two on another. Does that make mm. a difference necessarily? Is that not necessarily... They're probably the correct size, and uh, yeah. so in in terms of NCT and things like that, I, you're not breaking any laws. But the best practice recommendation is always to have identical tires on on the same axle, and I, I would certainly go so far as to say uh, I would have the same brand on on each axle, on uh, each axle. in an in an ideal world. That's the way. That is the best practice recommendation. You know. Just going back to the the, the tread depth again. Yeah, I know we talked about the the limits, and you know you said two millimeters is probably a little bit better practice. What does that translate to in terms of in terms of safety? First of all, if you are at uh, you know the minimum tread depth or two millimeters, how does that compare to say a new Bridgestone tire? in terms of braking distances and things like that. Can you yeah, quantify it, that? It, in, in the older tyre technology, that's why there may be a difference between, say, the brands lower down the, mm-hmm. the food chain. Our technology now allows... The curve of degradation isn't just as straightforward as it used to be. In other words, the less tread, the, the greater the stopping distance. Right, OK. You know. But there, there is obviously a level of connection there. But... You know, we don't, again, we want the consumer to get value for money. So we're engineering tyres that certainly up to three and two millimetres for normal driving. And if you're in wet weather, I mean, that's largely speaking what the tread depth is for entirely, in fact, is in wet weather, you know. So, so you what, know, what it, does tread do? Uh, very simple. Yeah, the, the, the tread is there for a single purpose really is to divert water that's on the road because if you don't do that it will lift up the car you will lose your contact patch over a certain speed and And that's aquaplaning aquaplaning exactly if you need to brake in an emergency situation or change direction you'll have less control in that case it has all 
kinds of negatives if we don't evacuate the water. So Formula One is a really good thing you can see. And Bridgestone had 13 years involved with Formula One and uh, Michael Schumacher, the rain meister, uh, used to yeah. perform on our, our tyres. But we, we used to see where they had the slick tyres on and suddenly there was a downpour of rain and the vehicles became instantly uncontrollable so you know they put on the treaded treaded tires the wet tires and regained that control so what happened there was the tread pattern is evacuating the water and giving you a contact patch which like we we, we talked at the beginning of this interview about the importance of tires the to start with, the contact patch is is quite small for any vehicle, for the size of of the vehicle, yeah. you know. And for two ton of vehicles, that's some yeah, of these yeah, easier yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, So it's it's not a whole lot bigger than than your your hand, you know. When the rain comes along, you're you're going to lose even more of that getting between you and the road. So you want to evacuate that water. So that's the key point. But obviously. Engineering now, we, we add things like that, which came from Formula One. We add silica to our tyres and that's by a chemical process. We're allowing uh, more heat to be kept in the tyre and other improvements in performance, which means that even with less tread than, say, a brand new tyre, we still have other means of making the tyre perform well in the wet. And th- is that a technology that came down from Formula yeah, One? Yeah, that, that, that was first used by the likes of Michael Schumacher or Ferrari and and others is now in just about all of the top top brand tyre products it's widely used but Bridgestone were pioneers in that you know So it's great to see that obviously this technology has developed that the tyres will perform to a better level of ability over the length of their tyre now but at the other side of that and not so much Bridgestone but tyres in general what are the dangers for people if they do sort of put it on the long finger leave it and then are driving their car at either the legal depth or worse you know are there implications in terms of safety for them absolutely i mean it, it, the stopping distance will dramatically increase and if if you go online or you, you will hear there's lots of different analogies sort of yeah. uh, distances Football and, fields and yeah stuff. and and the weight and the speed has a lot to do with that but nonetheless if you're in an emergency situation you're certainly talking about with ball tires in the wet several car lengths more than you want to you stop want as few and, as possible exactly. yeah and I mean, if you go across the M50 on a wet evening, as I do regularly, or on the M1 heading north, it, it is quite incredible to see people tailgating in the wet. Even with good tyres, that's not yeah. recommended. But the suspicion is, if we look at the NCT failures, that some of those people have not got uh, great tyres. So they really have no chance of stopping in an emergency situation. Tyres in good condition, well-maintained, with the correct pressures. Don't forget that even a tyre with lots of tread on it, if, if it's underinflated or overinflated, underinflation would be the more common, is not going to perform dynamically as as required because the contact patch is shape is distorted so it's uh, funny with the thing with with inflation and under and under inflation and something that personally i only really started paying attention to a few years ago but i don't think a lot of people and i, I have no evidence to back this up really pay that much attention to it um how often should you check I would certainly say fortnightly. Again, the benefits are so good that it seems crazy not to. If everybody on the planet had the correct 
tyre pressures, there would be a percentage saving in terms of CO2 into the atmosphere. So let's take that for starters. And and we really need that at the moment. So it's probably one of the simplest things you can do to make a contribution. I don't know about you, but giving up red meat and some of these things that are requiring (laughs) us to do, I'm going to find tough enough. I'm prepared to make some contribution to all of these things. But how easy is it to just go out and check your your, your tread depths and your, sorry, your pressures every couple of weeks? But a month, look, if we said to people, do it monthly, that would certainly make a difference. But anecdotally, we see we, we, we hear of people who maybe have have never literally never checked their tires if it's when they go to a service outlet or some family member maybe comments on it but uh, they wouldn't it do, do it themselves it, it really does make a difference uh, and you know it's not a hard thing to do you will often find the the right pressure on the inside of the door of most cars down at the bottom yeah. of the driver's side door you'll find yeah. Yeah, the three places that you can find it, I mean, your owner's handbook will always have it. Mm -hmm. But usually more conveniently than that, it will be somewhere to the right of the driver on on the sill there is a very common place or inside the fuel filler cap is another place that some manufacturers put them. So, but once you've, if you find it once, uh, even write write it down and put it somewhere even more convenient to you if that, if if it's not immediately available. But the ones on the last few cars I've had, it's been immediately beside the driver. So it's very easy to use. But yeah, so you, you prolong the life of your tire. You use less fuel. Well, that, I'm going to stop you there, Colin, yeah. because look, obviously, fuel prices are yeah. huge, yeah. huge news yeah. at the moment, yeah. and we've habitually started to see prices are in around the two euro mark. Yeah. A, a really useful tip in, in saving fuel is the correct inflation, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's no no more difficult than that because why why is that though? Your rolling resistance. Okay, it's due what does to that mean? Resistance. Well, as the as the vehicle rolls along, there's a, a forces against it. You know, so yeah, you're um, fighting physics. Yeah, you're, you're actually putting an obstacle in the way of the vehicle moving forward. It needs more energy to move forward. Okay, so by having it at the correct pressure as designed by the tyre manufacturer, the vehicle manufacturer, then the car will move forward more easily. So it's taking less energy to move absolutely, the car forward. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said to you at the start as well, every vehicle is is a, a mathematical equation in terms of its steering geometry, its suspension setup and the tracking of the car. And the tyres are part of that mathematics and the inflation pressure, the size of the tyre inflation pressure, all of that has been worked out by engineers. And by Smarter you, people than us. Yeah, yeah exactly. So when you interfere with that, you've upset the whole mathematics of the vehicle uh, to run as, as it was designed, you know. So why why people do that is beyond me. It's not a, a very difficult thing. So you will prolong the life of the tyre, save fuel, reduce your rolling resistance and be good to the environment as well. So uh, Yeah, you know. and, and look, it is a simple thing to do. A lot of those outlets now, how you can just key in the pressure you put in, put in your euro or whatever it is, and it'll beep when the pressure stops, right? It's simple. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not difficult, and it's it's something that's worth if you if you if you are a bit unsure about it, ask somebody, family member who's uh, confident or friend. Once you've done it uh, once or twice, it's not. Uh, yeah, and set like a that, reminder yeah. on your phone or something to do it every yeah. two weeks. Yes, because indeed. look, anything that can save people mon- money on fuel yeah, at the yeah, moment, yeah. and it is it's a yeah. decent percentage of of yeah. saving. The, well, the final point on tire pressures is so you're on the M50. It's raining. You've maybe. Uh, accidentally got a bit too close to the vehicle in front of you, something in front of happens, there's an emergency situation, you jam on the brakes with your half-inflated tyres or, or 10 or 20% below what it should be. Again, you're operating with a hand ter- uh, tied behind your, your back. back yeah. yeah, so you're, not, you're going to take longer to stop. Your control of the vehicle would be more difficult. So another 
really uh, significant tip. benefits, you know. Tell us a little bit about how Bridgestone Tire technology has developed over the years since you've been you're dealing with Bridgestone. Have you seen much of a change over the years? Yeah, I mean, again, people find them very boring because they, they look the same, you yeah. know. And the first time I went to our research centre in Rome, they had this kind of like a funny shape on a graph which had lots of different arrows coming out of it. So basically what they were, and if you look closely, it said longevity of the tyre, uh, stopping distance was on another arrow and so on, you know. So there was lots of parameters. Uh, noise reduction is, mm-hmm. um, is, is one that they're concerned about. Rolling resistance came along after that. So all of these things they were trying to improve on then, guess what? They're still trying to, still trying to push, push all of these out. Okay. But as I said, going back to Formula One, if you want to reduce rolling resistance, well, it's that that's a slick tire, you know, mm. but it won't stop in the wet. So by the time you're trying to make a, a tire on the on the road, you're trying to improve all the parameters and not affect one of the other ones. So that is the engineering problem. So it's not that anything has changed in terms of what they're setting out to do, but they're trying to use more engineering. Um, so. That can be materials technology. It can be uh, we're we're one of the few companies that operates the Cray supercomputers for. So we don't have to make. In the past, when I joined the company first, we would have made, say, real prototypes after prototype after prototype and test them and get the data feedback. Nowadays, before we even go and make a single prototype, we will run a million different permutations okay. of the tyre and then make a prototype. So again, more environmentally friendly, but also it means in engineering terms, you can make the dynamics of the tyre much better um, because you can figure out how to, how do I reduce rolling resistance without making it stop or, or take longer to stop in the wet, you know, or without uh, perhaps reducing the longevity of the tyre. So that is, it's not not so much that we're trying to do anything different. I suppose the the big difference in product terms at the moment is for EVs. Oh, yeah, it was it was my next question. It's about yeah. you know about electric vehicles. So what role do the tires play in things like range and and you know I, I've seen certainly in, in press releases you put out about specific tires being developed for specific vehicles. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, Bridgestone has worked with uh, people like, so the, the i3, BMW i3 would be a good example where we made a specific tire for that uh, vehicle. And if you look at it, it's it's very unusual in that it's it's got narrow, uh, and a much narrower tire, a taller sidewall. So quite different than the trend that we had seen with low profile tires wide, developing for yeah. internal combustion engine cars over the years. And the reasons for that, the design, again, working with the vehicle manufacturers, they have, we now have a heavier vehicle in, in many cases compared to equivalent type sort of family car, say, if you were to take that. It's it's much heavier, the batteries. And it also needs to have lower rolling resistance is the obvious one because from the range anxiety point of view, again, if you if you don't have low rolling resistance tires, like we said earlier, and you're you're going to take more energy to go the same distance, so you want to have as little energy as possible, and therefore also to re-emphasize, make sure your pressures are even more important on an EV to have your pressures it's correct. Funny, so you know? Something must have changed because I remember when Volkswagen launched the first e Golf. The, yes. the, car, the wheels that they put on the car, they said, you cannot change these wheels uh, and, you know, you need to leave these on. These are the so- size of wheels and tyres. Now, with the EVs that are coming out, we're seeing 19s, 20-inch wheels. 
uh, and it doesn't seem to have, have been so serious. There must have been a development in the technology to improve uh, over the last even four or five years. Yeah, again, they would they would have been working with the, the geometry of the particular vehicle and, mm. the, and the dynamics of particular vehicle to develop it. But the key parameters are still there. Aer- aerodynamics is, is one point that comes in, which wouldn't have been that significant before. Weight, as I said already, low rolling resistance. So yes, we, we probably now have the ability to develop those products for, say, for example, high performance okay. cars, as we're seeing some incredible vehicles coming under the EV banner. So uh, yes. Will, will EVs wear tyres any differently or any more or less than, than standard ICE cars? No, that, that's something that we have in, in, in the ordinary road going vehicles for family motorists. It shouldn't. We have engineered into our products that they will last an equivalent amount of time. But there are some caveats with that, that I personally think that the driving style required for the EV is can be a little bit different if you want to be easy on the tyres. They have a lot of torque and if people are putting that torque down regularly and that may affect the the lifespan of the tyres. I mean, a friend of mine who uh, the first thing he wanted to show me when he got his new EV was how quickly it could accelerate, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, I don't know how many demonstrations he did of that, <laughs> but that is a sure way to... Uh, because the torque is instant. It's not like yes, it builds yes, up. Oh, yeah, you get yeah, all of the yeah. available torque right there and then. Yes, so. yeah. So... I, I I can't speak for everyone's driving style in, in an EV, but I, it's, it strikes me that it might be necessary for people just to be aware. And, and probably over time, they will adapt their driving style and that will ensure they get a similar mileage from the tyres. But again, the maintenance of the tyres is, is absolutely crucial from a range anxiety point of view, number one, you know. So, so Colm, I suppose, look, in summary, are there any myths that people should really, you know, you can dispel about tyres that people maybe don't understand or, or any hints or tips that people should come away with in, in relation to thinking about tyres? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any great sort of old wives tales about tyres. I, I haven't come across yeah. them anyway. But it's, it's, it's very, very basic in what the motorist has to do. But even though their job is, the motorist's job is basic in terms of maintenance, I couldn't overemphasise the importance of the tyres, particularly when it comes to the day where they need to stop suddenly or to take an avoiding action. That's when they will really need to have spent the most money they can afford on tyres and have maintained their tyres well. And finally, when they get their monthly uh, bill for fuel or for when they're examining their monthly bill for fuel or for electricity as it now is, that the maintenance of their tyres will has has an impact on that. And now more than ever, whether you're EV or uh, the internal combustion engine uh, version of, of motor vehicles, uh, it, it affects both. So if that isn't good enough reason to be concerned about your tyres, I don't know what is, you know. So Colm, thanks for joining us today and join us next time on the AA Ireland podcast. Well, Paddy, that's great information there from Colm, especially how tyre pressures affect fuel economy given record fuel prices as we know. So as always, if you want to read more on this topic, go to the AA blog, www.theaa.ie forward slash blog. And you will, of course, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and TikTok. Please subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, goodbye and be safe.